Well, it's great to see everybody. We're so glad that you're here. I wanna say hi to those of you that are joining us online. This is gonna be the wrapping up of our series, Get Your Life Back. We've been looking at that for the last few weeks. It's based on a book by John Aldridge, and maybe some of you have gotten that and read through that. But at the end of the day, this is very biblically based, what we've been talking about and what God wants to do in our life. And we can see this in John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And so the enemy is out to steal our life. He wants to steal our souls but God has a rich and abundant life for us. And so that's what we've been looking at. And Pastor Aaron has brought us through some awesome messages the last few weeks. And one week he shared about the fact that the ultimate goal with our life is to have union with God. He talked about holding our hands and looking like this, this, this is a sign of union, right? So we talked about living that in our life. That's the ultimate goal. And then he also shared about how God will occupy the amount of space that we give him. And he had a little sippy cup and then a five gallon bucket. And he said, you know, which one do you wanna be? What kind of space are you giving God in your life? I don't know if you remember that, but that was an awesome visual for us to see. And so I I don't know about you, but I wanna be a five gallon bucket, right? I wanna make more room in my life for God. And that's what this series is all about. And so today we're gonna be talking about the best trade. And so would you pray with me before we dive into Matthew chapter 16. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we worship you. We thank you so much for who you are. Thank you, God, for making a way for us to have a rich and abundant life in you, God. We just pray that you would open our hearts to receive, open our eyes to see those things in our life, God, that we need to lay down so that we could live this life that you've given us. We just praise you and worship you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Matthew chapter 16, this is a passage where Jesus is predicting what is to come for him. He's with his disciples and he's predicting his suffering, his torture, his death, and then also, of course, his resurrection. And it doesn't always make sense to them when Jesus talks about these things. He's done this with his disciples multiple times in scripture. And it doesn't always clue into them. They don't always get it, right? It doesn't make sense because they had never seen this before. And so Peter is with him at the time and he starts saying, but Jesus, are are you sure that you have to do this? Are you sure this is the only way? There's gotta be a a different way. And and so Jesus actually rebukes Peter. And and then we continue on in verse 26. and, And it says, then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? So I would say that's a good question for us today. Is anything worth our soul? We fill our lives with so many things and so many distractions around us, right? We've talked about how our phones and our computers sometimes pull away our attention from what we really need to be giving attention to and it just wears on our souls, right? The world around us, is is all of that stuff worth our soul? 
at the end of the day, it's up to us. We get to decide. We get to choose. And truly getting our life back, like we've been talking about, actually means we need to lose it. I don't know what you came in today needing. I don't know what heavy burden you're carrying, what you're struggling with, or what answers you're looking for, or maybe what you're filled with anxiety about. But today, we have an opportunity to make the best trade. We get to say, God, I don't want what this world has to offer. God, I want you. I want what you have for me. And if that means that I have to lay some things down in my life that I've allowed to take up space, that I've allowed to to wear on my soul, I'm gonna lay those things down because I want you. I want the best trade. I don't know if you experienced this as a child, if you went to school and you went to lunch with your class and you sat at the lunch table and you had your lunchbox with you and you pulled it out and set it on the table and then you didn't just take one thing out of your lunch bag, but you took all of the stuff out of your lunch bag and you laid it on the table in front of you and so did all of your classmates and all of your friends. Everybody's got everything out on the table, right? And then the deals start going down. You're like, what do you have? Oh, you have that, I have this. Ooh, I want that. Hey, do you wanna make a trade? And like deals are, deals are happening, right? You're trading food, you're like getting what you want, right? Anybody experience that? Yeah, probably most of us that are older, right? Those that are younger, you may have not ever experienced this, but you are gonna learn about this today. Like this is for real. So there's lunch trading, right? You're trading. And so there's multiple kinds of trades that you can make at the lunch table. And so, I don't know about you, but my mom never bought me those awesome little Debbie snack cake things when I was little, when, when it was packed my lunch for school. Like, she didn't get those for me. So, if I wanted one, I had to trade for it. I had to figure out how I was going to get it. And so, I had to try to make, make a trade, right? And I don't know, this isn't an awesome trade, but, you know, I'd be like, hey, I've got this apple, It's like really shiny and like crunchy and like, look how round it is. It's just so perfect. I mean, you wanna trade? Like nobody's gonna trade for an apple, right? They're not gonna trade their Twinkie or Swiss cake roll for an apple, right? I mean, that's not a good trade, right? Not a good trade. Or maybe maybe you had, your mom would make you something homemade, like special, like mom's special thing or whatever, and you were trying to to use that to make a trade. Oh, it's so good. It's my mom's homemade thing. Oh, we all love it. It's so amazing. And you like talk it up, but secretly like you hate it. And you're trying to like trade for it and get somebody else to eat it, right? I mean, for me, that was like a miracle whip bologna and pickle sandwich. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was the one that my mom was big on when I was, I was like, what is that? But anyways, yeah, nobody's gonna take that in a trade, right? Like, so you can have um, a bad trade, right? So that, that's a bad trade. So when somebody trades my bologna and pickle sandwich for a Twinkie or a Swiss cake roll, like, that's a bad trade. Not good at all. They're gonna be so sorry about it. So that's one kind of trade you can have is a bad trade. The next kind of trade you can have at the lunch table is a, is a fair trade. 
And so that's when somebody has a Twinkie, but you love chocolate, and so you swap, right? You're like, hey, I'll give you my Twinkie for your Swiss cake roll. Like, I love chocolate, I want that, right? So that's a fair trade, you know? They're both decent and you're, you're trading for them. Well, then you have the rare occasion where you just absolutely have the best trade. And that is when one of your friends has one of these and they say, listen, I'm just not gonna eat it today. I'm not that hungry. Here, you can have it. What? Score? That is like the best trade. I mean, who, who, wants, who wants a Twinkie or a Swiss cake roll? Anybody, anybody? Oh yeah, here you go. Anyone want a Twinkie? Woo, catch! <laughs> awesome. So I've got more to share, by the way. You know, if you put your hand up, I, I got some more in here. I can. <laughs> but that is, that is the best trade when you don't have to give anything, but you get the best thing, right? And so this is, this is what Jesus is asking us to do. He's asking us to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him, to take our life and give it for and receive his life, that's the best trade. That's the best trade. And when we do this, like we win, we win. We literally have nothing to offer and he has everything to give. That's the best trade. And Jesus is asking us to do that. And in this particular passage, he's referring to take up the cross, take up the cross. And again, he's foreshadowing what he's going to be doing very soon in taking up his cross. But he's reminding them, you know, I'm the example. Follow my example. Take up your cross. They didn't really know what that was gonna look like for him, but he was already teaching them, you're gonna take up your cross and you're gonna follow me. And so the cross that he's talking about was, was literally the weight that he was gonna carry by taking up that cross and the sin he would, would carry for all of mankind, but also the literal cross. And I mean, he didn't want to do that. That was a difficult road for him to take. It was a difficult thing for him to walk out in his life. And we can see in scripture that he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's saying, God, I don't really, I don't really wanna do this. Is there another possible way? Is there another way that we can work this out so that I don't have to die on this cross? Is there any other way? But if not, your will be done. So he didn't want to do that. It was a difficult thing for him to do to take that cross up, but he did, he went to the cross for you and me. And so this cross we're talking about represents trusting God's will, God's ways, and surrendering ours. That's the cross Jesus is asking us to pick up. And there are some crosses that he has asked us to carry. He's asked some of you to carry, and it might look different for everyone that is here today, but. Maybe God has asked you to be kind to that unkind coworker. They're just so unkind all the time. They say mean things, they do awful things, they bother you all the time. And, and God is just saying, I just, I just want you to be kind to them. And that's the cross he's asked you to carry. Or maybe for some of you, God is asking you to step out and serve as part of the dream team here at Grace Church when 
you just kind of are saying, look, I just, I just want to come and get what I need. I just want to come to church for me and just get what I need. And I just want to go and I want to leave. And, and God is saying, listen, I want you to step out. I want you to step in and be faithful and serve those around you. Maybe for some of you, it's to give above and beyond to building a legacy. When maybe, you know, there's other things that you've planned for your, for your finances and you want, are planning for a new car or maybe a trip. God's asking you to, to give above and beyond. Or when we pick up our cross, it's literally us laying down our own rights. It's taking up our cross. That's what it's all about, laying down our preferences for God's. Because the enemy, he's always gonna try to steal the reality of the cross from us. He will always try to steal that from us as we saw in John 10, 10. He is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And so he's going to keep trying to steal the reality of the cross from you. We can see this in that story about Jesus in Matthew chapter 16. I was telling you about, he was foreshadowing what was to come. And Peter, right, Peter chimes in, is like, Jesus, but why? Why do you have to do this? There, there's got to be another way. You, you shouldn't have to do this. This is too hard. This is too difficult. But you're Jesus. You shouldn't have to do this. And Jesus literally takes a moment and just rebukes him because he knows that what Peter is saying is out of his humanness. He doesn't have the eternal perspective. He doesn't fully understand. And what he's saying is literally a distraction to what God has called him to do. So he has to rebuke him because the devil doesn't want us to deny ourselves. The devil doesn't want us to deny ourselves. He wants us to make this life all about us. I mean, that's his goal. He, he tempts us with things that sound good but are not God. And he wants us to get wrapped up in ourselves. And, and that's what was happening in this passage. Peter was coming in and Jesus had to rebuke him because he's like, no, 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 this isn't about me. This is about what God asked me to do. I have to walk this road. And so that's what was happening here because the devil wants to distract us. That's one of the big things we've been talking about the last few weeks is the distraction of our devices and our phones and just opening our souls up for so many things that are gonna bombard us and distract us, right? And keep thinking that this is about us. We're gonna look at three truths about crosses today. Jesus chose to carry his cross. He's asking us to take our cross up and follow him. And the first truth about crosses is that they can be heavy. They can be heavy. When we decide to deny ourselves and follow God, it can be heavy. And I believe that there's a myth in American Christianity where sometimes we convince ourselves that, well, I'm just gonna follow God and accept Jesus and everything's gonna be great. Everything's gonna be peachy and lovely and be totally great and fine. And that's not always the truth. The decision we're making is a big decision. The decision to follow Christ is a big decision. Crosses can be heavy. 
Jesus carried his cross and it was heavy. I, I believe when you look at Jesus carrying his cross, there's two ways that it was very heavy. It was very heavy figuratively because he literally had the weight of humanity on his shoulders, the weight of everyone's sin, he carried that with him. But then also, it was literally heavy because it was a solid cross. It was a solid wood cross that they made and he actually had to carry that. He had to carry it to the place where he was going to be crucified and then partway along that journey, he could not finish carrying it and he had to lay it down and crawl the rest of the way. It was so heavy. And this is all after he was being he was beaten to unrecognizable and tortured and whipped and then he had to carry that heavy cross. I mean, that's an intense, heavy weight. A weight that I can't imagine, but we can all imagine some kind of weight. Some of you walked in here today carrying that and some of you are carrying heavy crosses. And so what is it that you're carrying? Maybe for you, you would say, well, you know, I'm a parent, I'm a mom, I'm a dad, I'm, I'm just trying to raise my kids, you know, but it's just so challenging in this world today to raise my kids and to point them to Jesus, and there's so many things that are pulling on my kids, and it's so hard, and it's such a heavy weight, and there's so much crying, and so many temper tantrums, and so many things to deal with, right? I mean... I, I'm a mom of three boys and two of them are actually adults now and my third one is about to enter into teenage years. And so I, I get the teenage life and the teenage issues and I'm here to tell you today I would much rather have a two-year-old temper tantrum than a rebellious teenager who can grab your keys and drive off when they're mad. I would, I would much rather take a two-year-old temper tantrum. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you teenage parents are with me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's tough. Maybe for you, you're trying to be a godly spouse and it's just so hard and your past is creeping in on you and there's so many temptations all around you. And you're just, I'm just trying, I'm just I'm trying to do what God's asked me to do as a husband or as a wife. Maybe for some of you, it's at work. You're trying to be a godly example at work but it's just so hard, it's so challenging because in order to get ahead and succeed at work, you have to make some compromising decisions. Well, if I'm gonna succeed, whew, faced with some really tough decisions, yeah. And maybe for some of you who are here this morning and your students, you're trying to be a godly example in school and, and around your friends, but Everyone around you is pressuring you and, and trying to influence you to, to drink alcohol, to smoke pot or to have sex because they're all doing it and they're all around you and they're trying to influence you, but you're trying, you're trying to stand strong. It's so hard. It's a heavy cross. Some of you, you may just be getting backlash and ridicule from people around you because you've chosen to follow Jesus and you've chosen to make church a priority. And your friends and your family are spending their weekends going and doing fun activities and, and going all these places and they're like, come on, it's fun, let's go do this, let's go there, let's do this trip, let's have fun, like life is short. 
you're committed to follow Jesus, you're committed to make church a priority in your life, and you're getting ridiculed for it. The cross you're carrying may be heavy, but there can be a beautiful exchange. And it tells us about this exchange in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. It says, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So the thing we should see in that passage is we come with a heavy burden, but the burden he gives is light. About six years ago, in my own life, I found myself just buried under just this heavy, heavy burden. And we were, you know, six years into planting and launching this church. The church is about 12 years old now, so it was halfway in. We had been working really hard. I were, I've worked for the church full-time since it started, and so just, it took a lot of work. A lot, it takes a lot of work to get a church off the ground from nothing and, and rally people to be a part. It's, it's a big job. But at this time, I just found myself sinking under just the pressure and the weight of it all. And honestly, I just thought the more I did, the better I did, you know, the more, more I was able to accomplish, the, more, the better I was doing for God and, and for his church, right? I was like, God, but I'm doing all this stuff and I'm doing it for you and, and oh, but then this needs to be done and this needs to be done. Okay, well, I'll do that and I'll do that too and then I'll do that and yep, 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 that's gotta get done. And, just taking it all on. And I was sinking under the burden of it all. I was killing myself. So I don't know if any of you have done that and you, you find yourself suffering from the weight of getting yourself worth from all that you're doing. Anyone else suffer from that? Yeah. It's tough. It's a heavy heavy burden to carry, and I hit a wall. I realized I could not go on any longer like that, and God literally had to just stop and tell me, listen, I care way more about you than what you are trying to do and accomplish for my church. He told me that, and I had to open my eyes and realize that and say, wow, there's no reason for me to be carrying this burden. It's your burden. I had to lay that down and I had to make that exchange. But I'm so glad that I did because I learned so much through that process, making that exchange. You know, the job that I chose in life, it, it is a heavy burden. It's tough at times. But I made it even heavier with what I added to it. So that's what I'm talking about, making the exchange from the things that, that we add to it because at the end of the day, just because the burden is heavy doesn't mean it's not God's will. Doesn't mean it's not God's will. It's God's will that I do this. This is God's plan and purpose for my life. And, but it's heavy, it's a heavy burden. But when I add to it, that's when I make it even worse. And I need to exchange that. I'm so thankful that I did. The second thing about crosses is that they are not meant to be carried alone. They're not meant to be carried alone. He's calling us 
to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and follow him, but we don't have to do it alone. That is the beauty of the body of Christ and how he designed us to be better together. It talks about this in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 10. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. We may face difficult things. In fact, we will face difficult things, but we don't have to do it alone. Jesus was our example of this. And we've talked about how his cross was so heavy and the weight that he carried for all mankind was so heavy. And then his literal cross was so heavy that he was dragging to the place where he would be crucified and how partway there he just couldn't carry it anymore and he dropped it and he, he just crawled the rest of the way to the cross and then there was a man in the, in the crowd named Simon the Cyrene and he comes in and he picks the cross up and carries it the rest of the way for Jesus. And so the burden was heavy that Jesus was carrying. The weight was so heavy that he was carrying, but he didn't stop doing what his father asked him to do just because it was heavy. Instead, he put it down and then God provided someone to come alongside and help him. And if he did that for Jesus, he's going to do that for you. And if Jesus chose not to carry the burden alone, then you need to not carry the burden alone. We're not meant to do this alone. God wants us living life with others. Some of you, you are, you're carrying this burden and this weight so heavy and it's on your shoulders and you feel like you're sinking under it. You're trying so hard and you're just not sure if you're going to make it and you're doing it alone. God wants you to know that is not how you were intended to live life. Crosses are not meant to be carried alone. And if Jesus is truly our example and he didn't do it alone, then we shouldn't do that either. I believe that God actually wants us to be vulnerable. He wants us to be vulnerable with those around us. He wants us to trade our weakness for his strength, to invite others into this life with us and walk this road together. He wants us to open up our Bibles and say, God, I don't know what to do. I need your wisdom. I need your help. Show me what to do. He wants us to reach out for help. And so if parenting is hard, if marriage is hard, if you're struggling, it's time to reach out for help from somebody who's farther along than you, somebody who can help you and walk with you. If you and then if you are in a good place, then you are to help someone else. God's asking you, hey, can you help that person carry their cross? Hey, can you help them? They're struggling. And this is what our connection group leaders have done for, for all of us this semester. They have made a way for you not to carry your cross alone. They're literally opening their homes and they're allowing themselves to be available to you, to walk through life with you and to encourage you and to help you. Did you take the step to join a group? They have made a way for you not to carry your cross alone. But we have to choose that. 
Jesus didn't carry his alone, we should not either. We're gonna make this trade, this exchange, our weakness for his strength. The third thing about crosses is that they have a great reward. There's a great reward when we're carrying our crosses and when we choose to follow God with our whole heart and obey his will and his ways and we take our cross up and we deny ourselves, there's a reward. The scriptures promise that and ultimately the reward is that full abundant life that we've been promised through Jesus and what he did and his sacrifice and because of that, he made a way for us to have full access to the Father, to live in freedom, to live this full life, to have eternal life, that's a reward. Some of us may actually experience a reward on the earth. And so if you've chosen to be a part of our dream team and serve week after week with us, you get to celebrate and be part of the reward of seeing people's lives changed week after week after week. And the 25 people who've given their life to Christ just in the last two months, that's a reward, yeah, that's a reward. You've said, yes, Lord, yes, I will take up my cross and serve those around me. And now you get to see this reward. Maybe for some of you, for some of you, you've taken up your cross and you, you did that through the 21 days of prayer and fasting and you were begging God for breakthrough. You were begging God for an answer, for direction and he gave it to you. That's a reward. For some of you, you're gonna choose to take up your cross and give generously to the Building a Legacy campaign and you're gonna get to see 3,500 square feet come to life to house all of our kids and to see them experience God and, and connect with Him in a way they never had before, but not just them, but generations to come. That's a reward. That's a reward. Some of you, you're gonna take up your cross and you're gonna be kind to that unkind coworker and you're gonna, you're gonna start to see a turnaround in them. And you're gonna be able to invite them to church. And they're gonna look at you and they're gonna say, I was so mean to you, but you never stopped being kind to me. And I want what you have. Because I just don't know how you could keep being kind to me as mean as I was to you. And you're gonna get to see that reward some of you today might be saying, well, you know what, I've done all that, but I haven't seen a reward. Well, guess what? This life is not all there is. There is so much more. There is so much more and you may not see a reward here on this earth, but you will see your reward in heaven. You will see your reward one day because it is about eternity. It's not about us. It's not about right now, right here in this moment. It is about choosing to obey God and staying faithful to Him. Because listen, God, God loves us immensely. He, he loves us unconditionally. There's nothing that we can do to deserve that love. He just gives it to us, He pours it over us, but His reward is attached to our obedience. 
We've gotta step out and obey. So where is it that you need to obey today? Maybe you need to keep being faithful, keep being patient, keep praying, keep serving, keep loving, keep giving, keep investing, keep moving forward. We will get our life back when we trade it for his. We saw that in the passage in Matthew 16, it's reiterated in the book of Luke chapter 17, verse 33, it says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. If you let your life go, you will save it. So this series that we've been in, this is not about us doing all that we can in and of ourselves to get our life back so that we can do more of what we wanna do. No, this is about us saying, God, I can't figure this life out and I need you to help me so that I can get my life back, but only through you. And God, I need you because this life is actually not about me. God, everything I am, everything you've given me, God, it's yours. And I wanna make the best trade. I wanna give my life just to receive yours. So will you trade everything in your world for him? Are you willing to trade everything in your world to save your soul? Some of you today, you need that opportunity you actually just need the opportunity to say yes to Jesus today. You haven't taken the, that moment to choose him to receive your salvation and your eternal life in heaven. And you've been struggling and you've been trying to do this life on your own and it isn't working. And you wanna surrender to him today. I wanna give you an opportunity to do that because that's the first step in getting your life back. That is the very first thing that you can do. And so, we're gonna pray here for those that, that wanna accept Christ in their life. And so if you could close your eyes and if that's you today, if you need to say yes to Jesus, you need to receive him in your life, would you just raise your hand up right now in this place? This is between you and God and you know that you need to take this step. And so you're gonna repeat after me as I pray right now. God, I need you. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I repent in this moment, God, wash me clean, make me new. I choose you today. I receive your salvation and I will live for you. God, thank you for sending Jesus so that I could choose you and follow you. And God, thank you for my eternal life that I will have in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. And so that's step one of getting your life back, accepting him to be your Lord and Savior, surrendering your, your life to him. But as we close this series and just wrap up all that God has wanted to do in us, we're gonna remember him through the acts of communion and you got these elements on your way in. And if you need one, you didn't get one, you can go ahead and raise your hand. The ushers will bring you one right now. But we looked at a passage where Jesus was foreshadowing his death his, his, his resurrection and what was to come and talked about how the disciples didn't always understand it when he was talking about those things. It didn't make sense to them. They were seeing through human eyes, but he knew what the Father had for him. Another one of those moments is when he's gathered around 
that table for the Last Supper with his disciples. They're spending time together. And again, they don't fully understand what's to come. And he starts telling them, he says, do you see this, this loaf of bread? This represents my body that is gonna be broken for you. And in remembrance, I always like to break my wafer because his body was broken for us. And that was a sacrifice that he gave to us for, for our healing, for our new life. And again, it didn't make sense to them, but he said, one day, you're gonna do this in remembrance of what I'm about to do for you. So we do that today. Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we worship you for your body that was broken. God, you gave yourself up for us, for our healing. God, we are so thankful that you took a, the beating and the torture that you did on our behalf so that we didn't have to. So we remember that sacrifice you gave to us today. And we take that. And then he held up a cup of red wine and he explained to them that that was a representation of his blood that was going to be spilled, that was going to be poured out for the forgiveness of their sins, to cleanse them and to wash them new so that they could live in this new life, this new free and abundant life that he had for them. And he said, one day, I know this doesn't make sense to you right now, but one day you are gonna take this in remembrance of my blood that was shed for you. So we do that today. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we worship you, we thank you for the sacrifice of your blood that was shed on our behalf for the forgiveness of our sins so that we could choose you to follow you every day. God, we thank you that you've washed us clean take this in remembrance of you. And so as we close today, our prayer team is gonna be up here and available for you. Some of you, like I said, came in here with extremely heavy burdens that you're carrying. Your cross is very heavy and you need to come up and you need to make an exchange and you need to lay that down at the foot of the cross you need to receive his burden, which is light. And you're gonna have an opportunity to do that with our prayer team. And if you accepted Christ for the first time, there's a card in the back of your seat that we'd like you to just fill out and click you said yes to Jesus and turn that in. You can also go by our kiosk. We have a book for you that we wanna give to you. And also you can come up and our prayer team will also pray with you as well. I'm just gonna pray as we close, but don't leave without making the best trade today. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we worship you. God, we thank you so much that you are a loving Father, that you care deeply for us as your children. And God, that you have made a way through Jesus for us to make the best trade with you. God, to come before and lay our burdens down at the foot of the cross, and that Jesus has carried it all so that we don't have to today. God, we're gonna choose to make the best trade today to lay our burdens at your feet and to receive your burden, which is light. God, we thank you so much for that, making the way for us to do that. In Jesus' name.